0: Hello and welcome friends to another edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg here on your community radio station. We are Forward Radio, WFMP LP Louisville, broadcasting from the top of the historic Hayburn Building at 106.5 FM and live streaming to the world at forwardradio.org. This is radio for the people by the people. That means we need you, the people, to get involved at forwardradio.org. You can either click participate and become a guest on a program, do your own show, even if it's just a one-time thing or a new weekly program, we'd love to have you plenty of room on our airwaves. And then also we rely entirely on your contributions to sustain us and sustain this program. So $20 a day is all it takes for the entire station to stay on the air. So maybe you could sponsor a day's broadcast today at forwardradio.org. What we do on Sustainability Now is gather in folks that I really admire for all their great work in sustainability and learn from them and about them and have conversations that matter here on Sustainability Now. So I'm so excited to have both the in-person studio and the virtual studio filled with friends who I admire from extinction rebellion kentucky we've got alice melendez here from the virtual studio welcome back to the airwaves alice
1: hey good talk to you
2: yeah yeah good to have
0: you back we've also got alex acres back on the program welcome alex thank you and in studio with me is diana rushing hey diana
1: hello
0: well, welcome back uh, it's been a while since we've all been together on the radio, but uh, we're, we've been on in the streets, we've been together in all kinds of virtual ways, and the, the excuse to get us all back together today is that this coming Thursday, July 8th, Extinction Rebellion Kentucky is proud to present a screening of a new documentary out called The Race to Save the World. What could be more important? Uh, and there'll be a panel discussion as well, uh, and this is taking place on Thursday the 8th. There'll be a watch party at 5.15 p.m. and then a panel discussion coming up uh, after that at 7 p.m. and folks can uh, register right now to uh, get access to the film you can view it anytime between now and I think actually through like August twentieth or something like that, and you can learn about that at Extinction Rebellion Kentucky's website, which is xrebelky.wordpress.com. Uh, you can also find them on Facebook. There's a link there as well. Facebook.com/slash xrebel KY. And you can learn more about the film at the race to save the world, all spelled out, dot com. And there are $10 tickets available. It's a fundraiser. You'll have 20 days to watch the film, and you'll have uh, another 20 days to finish watching. Uh, the July 8th, uh, 7 p.m. live stream will be also available for viewing through August 20th if you register. So let's start talking about what this movie is. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing it yet. I will soon, uh, but you all have seen it. So, so give us the gist of the race to save the world.
1: It basically follows a couple of activists that are doing direct action and how that is affecting their life and whether or not it's a necessary evil to protect the planet. So if you hear
2: a lot of people in Black Lives Matter also saying, like, I don't want to be out protesting. Like, I want to be <laughs> in a world full of justice where life Thriving, I'm enjoying myself. But considering the conditions that we find ourselves in, in corporation in cahoots with government, it feels like we're not getting through. And so one of the vapers is there. One of the people who was in the great activist blockade, the Shell oil rig that was going up to Alaska in the Bay Gap. People who walked all the way across the country. Somebody who did one of the early tripod sits to block an oil Mm. train. The director, joke is based out of the Northwest, and so a lot of the people in the Northwest. But uh, it brings you a different view on a lot of big actions. that you email update, news box, look at what people are doing. They're really throwing down to show how much we care. It sort of show what it
1: takes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, Alice, because of the internet cutting in and out. Sorry about that. But it seems like, I mean, the gist of the film is that there's all kinds of actions people are taking in different ways. And they're bringing up, I think, some existential questions, <laughs> right? That, those actions and, and questions about how we organize, how we fight against this, right? But maybe also questions of focus? I don't know. It, what are the activists in the Race to Save the World organizing against? Go ahead, Deanna.
3: There's several families. There's uh, a family, uh, a single mother named Helena with two sons named Aji and Adonis. And Aji brought a lawsuit in in the state of Washington, a federal and state lawsuit, to try to preserve the resources in a public trust Uh rather than to try to protect the natural environment for the future generations. And then there's Abby Brockaway and her daughter Sienna and her husband Roger. Also, a a group of people that voluntarily uh, protested with them called the Delta 5 team. They were all arrested in the tripod sit. Abby was the the person at the top of the tripod. Mm. And then Bill was sort of an organizer against the the Furnica tanker and the Polar Pioneer that were gonna go up to drill oil in Alaska, that went through the the bay in in Washington. Um, His wife, Sue, and then they have a daughter, Aziza, and then there's the people that walked across the continent, uh, Michael Z, Miriam. Miriam is 71. And she was wow. 71 and a half at the time. Wow. And walked over 3,000 miles with this group of um, activists. And then there was uh, Mac and Sean, a, a young couple. So it's it's lots of dynamics and how these people make these choices and how they support each other as family members and how they gauge their level of commitment to each other based on this irrevocable decision that these activists made to put their life on the line.
0: Wow. There's so many different kinds of people engaged and so many different kinds of tactics and struggles, right? Uh, Alex, for you, was there one of these stories that really stood out?
1: Well, I mean, there was a story of like the mother who was on the tripod and it went through her court case and it was a little difficult to watch. She has like a meltdown, like while she's being questioned in the court and it's just uh, it's it's crazy to to see how much it affects a person's personal life and how scared she must have been in that moment yeah. knowing that she could potentially go to jail for a long time and is that like heroic or is that like putting her family in a difficult situation you know is it fair to her family but you know we're all fighting for something that's fair to everybody it's hard to know
0: yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, and it's easy to think about just the sort of physical risks of taking these kinds of actions but there's so many more risks like you're bringing up like risks to families right and and rippling effects that that people are really not just putting their bodies on the line right
1: yeah
2: and it was really interesting as somebody who's interacted a lot of people who've had interactions with the, you know, incarceration universe. He has a sense that, you know, a mother going to jail is going to happen.
0: Oh, we lost Alice there. Yeah, let's share some other stories from the film that really <laughs> struck you. I don't know, Diana. Did, did any of the ones that you listed really jump out as particularly impactful for you or resonate with your own experience?
3: Well, Michael... Michael Foster was one of the activists that shut down five tar sands oil pipelines that come into the country. They they did it in four states. There were two in one state, and then there were activists that shut it down in four other states, four states altogether. And uh, he was just so eloquent when he found out that he was going to spend a year in jail. The judge asked him if he wanted to make a statement, and his statement was just so on point and hmm. he had you know he had to be f- afraid but it was just his commitment is so fierce and all the way to the bone and i just really really admired that and another thing that really struck me was mr goldsmith who was the attorney for abby brockaway in the beginning of the trial it seemed like she reacted to his questions in a really defensive way and as you watch the the trial go on you realize that he really was an advocate but he had to get it out of her verbally you know he had to get her story out into the courtroom and it was messy but it was really perfect it was really beautiful
0: right so you know what we're saying is there's a role for all kinds of folks like lawyers too right play a really vital role and judges and judges, right? Because <laughs> our struggle is not just about uh, personal choices, right? It's it's about policy, it's about laws and legal structures, uh, and the ability of corporations to steamroll, right? And that is what the fight is really coming down to, and what is profiled in in the film, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and it was stunning when, you know, when the courts reacted to these activists in different ways, and it, it was just really moving to see the different ways that it turned out based on these decisions that were made by the courts.
1: Yeah. I feel like some courts were getting angry that the people had no remorse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought <laughs> they thought that they would go to court and be like, Oh, I made a mistake. But they're like, no, I didn't make a mistake.
0: How can you not have empathy for the pipeline? Come on now. <laughs> you're, you're coming yep. into profits here. <laughs>
2: It's a tough swim when, you know, you feel like the dominant civilization is wrong. And, you know, I think that that's happened a lot of times in history. What happened, early abolitionists were crazy as hell, you know. Like, early feminists early were, like, smashing liquor bottles and, like, fighting for the right to vote. And it, it was really an edgy And now this sense of like, okay, cut all the trees on a lot and like not even using them for wood or like mulching them, but just like setting them on fire. And like putting some black plastic tarp around the edge, and then creating and flattening it out to put some houses or stores, and literally like killing everything on that space. You're perceived to be completely normal. And if you went around and said, this is crazy. This is insane! Are you people insane? Have to look at you. You are a crazy person. <laughs> and, and get off it. Just the way things are. What made you think that you're allowed to be Like it's like you're the mainstream you're like sort of pretentious or something for saying that the life on Earth deserves to be protected. And it's like actually all the life is precious. That if you go around not watering everything, like eventually all the stuff will be dead. But one of the things I want to engage with this Thursday, and I'm really excited for people to go register go to X Rebel KY on Facebook or go to X Rebel KY on WordPress.com and find us. It'll be the top thing on the blog. Put a link, you can check out the trailer. Trailer made me cry. But then when I started watching the movie, okay, is this attractive? In a way that can help work of people to create the cultural revolution that we, have, where people really have to find different ways to live, where we have to both, we have to enable them, like make it possible to not drive around all the time in order to survive. We have to want, and that requires huge conversion, like circuit riders of uh, Methodist Priesters circuit revivals. And I wonder if the direct actions will bring that. And I think the test case right now is with line three up in Minnesota, because they had a couple thousand people went up there a couple weeks ago. Several hundred people were arrested. They, you know, had on a pumping station multiple days with like Homeland Security. Helicopter blowing dirt on everything. Like, they're really building out an infrastructure to pull back. But at the same time, you remember that camp that we were at in March, the police have said that they don't have a proper easement and blocked the whole road to that camp. So, like, as you start building infrastructure, the infrastructure of the state has to get more aggressive. And, like, that's definitely happening in so, So, I actually, I'm going to have a little vote with our, our crew, but I'm going to propose that we give our half of the money to help support some of this work up in Minnesota potentially. Great.
0: That's great. So we're talking today about an event coming up this Thursday, July 8th, sponsored by uh, Extinction Rebellion, Kentucky. There's going to be a watch party at 515, but you're welcome to watch the film anytime before that. You can register for it right now and get access to the film online. It's called The Race to Save the World. About how long is it? Is it a short film? Or?
3: It's about an hour and 40 minutes. It's about an hour and 40. 40. Okay, something so like
0: normal-length film. Give yourself time to watch it. Uh, and then at 7 o'clock on Thursday, we're going to have a panel conversation. I haven't even yet talked about that. Who's going to be on the panel besides me?
2: <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to have you. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm really interested to talk to you about your sort of like long-haul total life dedication. To like how you know how you sustain that and how it sustains you communicate right. that and, and also you know you mentioned your quakers um, and i'm really interested in how quakers think about community will like as in the will to like manifest like will power. because i think community will power is actually what we really need eight and so that's a question that i'm definitely gonna ask on Thursday. Alex and I are moderating and we're excited. But uh, yeah, Bill, who's one of the activists from Seattle, Mike Foster is going to be on the panel. Joe Gantz is going to be on the panel. The director, Ann, who walked all the way to I think, 72 years old, went through the climate mark, you know, in New York. That, you know, I believe that we will win. I believe no. that we will win. You know, like, really, like, rose up and people really felt that in 2014. Oh, like, how is that going seven years later?
1: It's going to so be good. It's
2: going to be, be good. a really good conversation.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great panel, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it all right now by answering your question about you know my long haul struggle. We're gonna talk about that on Thursday, so folks will have to join us if you want to if you want to learn about that. And again, it's the panel's gonna be at seven o'clock on Thursday, but folks can watch the film anytime now. You can go to uh, race to see the trailer right now, but uh, you can find the link to register for Thursday's event at facebook.com/xrebelky or xrebelky.wordpress.com and this is one of many uh, screenings and discussions happening around the world, right? Oh, yes. yeah. So and They've
2: done a bunch um, in Europe and they have done... I know that XRLA just did this. So, you know, there's networks building between the different city and state level. Just small towns in the UK or a crew out of a certain neighborhood in South Africa. Like, just by the... Is of like the way we Occupy Happened and echoed all over yeah. the world. These relationships were built, networks were made, and like XR's worked that way. So, like somebody from Water Watch just contacted me. If your listeners are interested, please get a hold of X Rebel at Proton Mail. Um, but he's looking for people in Dartmouth about fossil fuel subsidies, and they have some bill language and they feel like Dartmouth as the chair of the budget committee really has a lot of power and so he's worked with XRLA now he's calling he just, you got anybody in Louisville who know has a relationship with Dartmouth because we want to communicate some things. Our mycelium between the thickening and growing and this film is sort of part of it. I actually think some of the people who met March in Minnesota will be on the call on the Thursday or people from People of Metro in the Ohio River Valley People from A to Z, impact the plastic. So, like all these different crews will be coming together. How do we do this next? What are our next steps? So, it's a really uh, an opportunity, like a visionary discussion with some really top level people who are walking the walk from all over the place. And, you know, a lot of times we do, we don't have time for that visioning. That's not what the meetings end up being about. I think that, uh, yeah, it's an
0: opportunity. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, and and uh, we, we don't have to totally wait. We can start some of the talk right now amongst ourselves. I mean, uh, I think the issues that this film raises relate to the sort of quandary that all of us in this fight have been in and realized for a long time that in a way, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, this race to save the world. And yet a lot of us feel the sense of extreme urgency right now. And I think the pandemic times and 2020 in general uh, brought that sense of urgency to a lot of us. So it it comes down to sort of a question of how do we balance all that? How do we sprint within a marathon? (laughs) Or how do we get others who hold a lot of power to start sprinting in the right direction instead of the wrong direction? Is that the kind of thing that this film brought up for y'all? Yeah,
1: it just brought up, to me like what is necessary what's going to be effective
3: like what kind of hope do we really have kind of thing
0: right and how about you diana
3: um one thing that was striking in the film was that i can't think of the man's uh, name that mentioned it but he he said that in the 70s on april 22nd in 1970 20 million people hit the streets wow and it forced the president to enact a whole lot of environmentally positive uh, regulation. And so that was 51 years ago. (laughs) And so that was, we had 50% more coral reef, and we had... 40% Forty percent more oh, right. um, vertebrates, and we had you know, we had <laughs> a lot less we carbon an, in the an, atmosphere. Yeah, we we're at an <laughs> inflection point right now, so we have to kind of project. Okay, so that was 50 years ago. We didn't have cell phones. Now we have. Okay, what can we imagine 50 years from now being like? Mm. Can we imagine mm. something? For me, it's like we can't imagine a 1970 again. You know, I yeah. was 10 years old in 1970. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, a very glimmering, shimmering place compared to where we are right now, you know? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, te- that's that's another piece of the story, too, how not just the crisis changes over time, but how culture and technology has changed and evolved. And, the you know, a lot of the fundamental things about resistance remain the same. Uh, it's interesting, like, what 2020 taught us, uh you know if you just look at some of the images uh, you know from the black lives matter protest in 2020 uh it- in some of them, where they didn't catch like modern things like cell phones, it looked exactly like the same images from the '60s, right? Like the resistance, uh, in many ways, can still look the same. But tactics are are fundamental to the movement, right? Uh, and so there's some common themes throughout this marathon, but we're we're sprinting against all kinds of evolving conditions, right? And that's that's really the challenge: is how to keep our head up in the midst of all that change, right? Uh and, and try to shepherd the change.
3: And we have to stop expecting things to get better. They're not gonna get better without our boots on the ground. Yeah. You know? I so got
2: those images from the sixties and like you know, and about like how pressed people have to be to return to the streets as we've gotten settled into online living so if you think about those big protests from the 60s like there wasn't any internet and people were used to going or like many people outside thought that like you know like would still be true in mexico at least to but now like my kids like don't even interact with each other unless you thought oh, no but, you know they're like, it, right? Like it, people are so atomized into their online world and their work. And I was like blown away. Like part of I started, like I signed up to be a local coordinator for Extinction Rebellion Kentucky in 2018. Right after I heard her Bradbury, on a climate mobilization call right before they had a big one in London. And, you know, she was, and then Watch them, you know, have actually thousands of people in the streets. Holy shit. Yeah, I want to be part of that. <laughs> but it's proven to be, you know, um, police have to violently kill people repeatedly to cause that to happen here. Right, right. And like, that rightfully is where our energy redirected, same with, you know, our, all the people that we know, stars, or, like, our energy redirected there. And, like, what will it take for people show up in solidarity again. And I think that's a really $10 billion question.
0: I'm speaking today here on Sustainability Now with three folks from Extinction Rebellion, Kentucky. Uh, You just heard there from Alice Melendez. We really apologize for the quality of her line. We're convinced it's the spies that (laughs) that are causing the problem. But we also have Alex Akers on the line with us, and Deanna Rushing is here in the studio with me, Justin Mogg, here on Forward Radio. And we are talking about The film, The Race to Save the World, that you can screen online right now and join us on Thursday, July 8th for either a 5.15 p.m. watch party or watch it on your own, and then a 7 p.m. panel, no matter when you watch the film, or if you didn't even catch it yet at all. Uh, like me, you can jump into this and fly blind and we'll have a good conversation, don't worry. Uh, and you can learn more and register at facebook.com slash xrebelky or on their website, xrebelky.wordpress.com. Yeah, so a part of the struggle, I think, is emotional because those of us who are in this fight realize that the true change we need is a civilizational overhaul like we cannot go forward with minor changes around the edges living life as we know it just you know changing the energy source right like we really need some fundamental change here so there is some emotional work to be done in terms of mourning the loss of the life we've Come to know, right uh, now. There's things about our modern world that I think all of us hate and wouldn't mind missing, but there's lots of stuff we love. Uh, and and I guess it's it's a question becomes like how can we build a world built around those things that we really love and cherish. Um, but I, I, what I want to what I want to tie that thought into is a lot of the youth movement around sustainability now. Uh, look at the Sunrise Movement, right, organizing around this concept of a Green New Deal and we've seen even with the democrats taking over control in the us how difficult it is for even a decent green new deal to move forward uh but it it feels to a lot of us like that work around the green new deal is a little bit afraid of acknowledging the full depth of change that is required right is is that track with you all too
1: yeah definitely but I don't know if it's actually, you know, if we actually have that technology. I think we probably need to just change our lifestyle
0: more. Right. What's the harder thing to change, technology or lifestyle? <laughs> I think we know. <laughs> everybody wants to change the technology because it seems so effortless.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Technology changes all the time. Right. Well, just it's going to keep changing. It's going to keep fixing, and then it's like that plays right into the hands. So there's, there's two ways that the Green New Deal takes us a direction that I don't think, I don't want go. But one of them is that it feeds the sense of techno-optimism, which avoids dealing with the lifestyle changes. You know, part of the issue is mining mineral. Um, Earthworks has some really beautiful work about responsible mining and making sure that the conditions towards changing our electric grid and you know, electric cars the like, has responsibility behind it so that we're not just outsourcing pollution to a place again and continuing down the same habits. Um, or like, like they'll talk about energy colonialism getting used tons and tons of solar or solar energy or wind and then to you know, ship through cable, and then they can say that they're at zero. But what they're really doing is taking land away from people who are uh, really land to improve their farming systems. They you know, or it's taking water that's going on that like people really need to drink. So one side is this techno optimism. Other thing is that it's feeding like political frustration. Where Green New Deal, the Sunrise, on you know 11 trillion dollars, and then the Republicans you know, under McConnell can say, oh, we're going to compromise. And then they're going to say, well, we'll compromise and give you something as long as, like, if you look at the, quote unquote, bipartisan infrastructure bill that um, the, you know, the Republicans have offered as a compromise, uh, you know, to Biden's original infrastructure plans, it's mostly roads and bridges and airports. Like, most of the money is still spent in the same fields where it's always been spent because most of the people who are, you know, sort of drawing tracks to feed their private corporations, going to keep drawing. Mm. And they're just going to shift what they do a little bit. Mm. Green New Deal dollar amount and the sense that we're just like going to switch from one fuel to another fuel feeds the same corporate leaders Mm. (laughs) that currently lead. And it leads to a world with no life on it right <laughs> maybe humans and uh factory pigs and chickens make the cut but like deanna was talking about just a minute ago like the great like non-human non-domesticated life is already like 30 percent of where it was 40 years ago i mean like huge die-off
0: yeah yeah, we're definitely in the in the midst of a mass extinction, uh, and scientists have already documented that. I mean, it's it's not it's not indisputable. It's just a matter of well, or uh, humans causing this, or <laughs> you know, oh well, yeah, I think we are. And 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 then that's another emotional problem. Like, then do we feel bad about ourselves as humans, or do we join the voluntary uh, you know extinction human extinction society, or uh, do we struggle for a world in which uh, we can live happily and peacefully without causing destruction. I think that's that's the direction we need to move in. Um, but to do that work, it's a lot of this uh, cultural and emotional work of... Uh, renewing ourselves renewing our culture staying sane in in the work uh working from a place of love rather than fear that is such a struggle for americans right now right like all of our politics is so so driven by fear instead of love um or hate and right uh and we got to get past that if we're going to get to a sustainable place i mean it's it's really the technologies are so insignificant compared to just that fundamental thing right like we can have some amazing technologies that do some incredibly destructive things right for the sake of war well what's the point of war we don't need it right so it's so it's a lot of this cultural work that isn't easy but tends to not receive the focus of the attention of, uh, when folks are organizing to demand change cuz like we demand change in our own culture like that's a hard thing to say right to get out in the streets and demand like it's it's so much easier when we have an enemy we could just point to and say oh that that's the bad people over there or this you know pipeline is the problem and it is right the pipeline shouldn't be there but what's behind all that why is why is the pipeline uh, seem seeming to be a sane thing, like Alice was mentioning earlier, right? and And the people arguing against it are the insane ones. Uh, that's the that to me seems to be like the script. We really got to start flipping. <laughs> but it's so the, the, it raises all kinds of organizing questions, right
3: right. And, and another a fundamental question in the film for me was, I think her name is Aziza asks her dad, what do you define as winning? yeah <laughs> when's this over you she's, four, she's a 14 year old she's never known what he did for a living because he's only ever been as far as she knows an activist wow so dad what do you define as winning because he insists that they're gonna win we're gonna win we're gonna win we're gonna win <laughs> so what do you define as winning for me it's like okay um we pay our taxes and we expect our government to do the right thing for us. We expect to be able to get clean water and, and breathe clean air and yeah. and have access to health care. But none of those things are actually happening. So what do you define as winning means, what are you willing to give up as a comfort to participate as a healthy member of the society? You know, Right. Because, I mean, I don't know exactly how far they were from the H-bomb, when they set it off, you know, the scientists that built that thing, they were like, okay, I can't wait to set it off. <laughs> that's going to exciting. I think they were off. less than 10 miles from it when they set it. They could still see it, which is, to me, is too close. Exactly. You know, but they couldn't wait to set that yeah. thing off. Oh, and yeah. So they That was paid for with our tax dollars. <laughs> like So we trust these crazy people with control of our lives, and that's what has to change. We have to change that paradigm.
0: Great point.
3: Read something
2: interesting that was talking about like the time when they first unlocked the atom and how excited everybody was because everyone had this sense of like, wow, we're full of new possibility and we're going to be able to, you know, usher in an age of unlimited free energy and it's going to, you know, allow our civilizations to like everyone will have plenty and like people like daydream like that when they very were the front edge of that. But then it just like got sidetracked and it just got like siphoned all the energy both cultural and physical around it got siphoned into war got siphoned into like the wrong kind of infrastructure Mm. and so that's one of the other sets of questions like when you're trying to make this cultural transformation to where people are comfortable like with doing less having less you know like their identity is not um attached to consumption you know, to like make this cultural revolution. One of the things you have to fight is a, (laughs) is anxiety. Is this a constant underlying anxiety? And like, so my partner and I are like doing a reset your nervous system. It's Alex Howard that it's like a, it's like about moving out of certain patterns, thought patterns that create anxiety that create like fight or flight or freeze tendencies. And so we just, like, looked at the people in the film and we were sort of, like, felt like, man, these guys need to take the reset program. Like, they're really stressed out. And one of the young, one, the youth act, activists, you know, like, he can't sleep. Like, he's, he's working all the time and he can't sleep because he, he's like, well, if I go to sleep and I pretend to not worry about this, the problem's still there, whether I'm looking at it or not. So I feel like I have to look at it and I have to work on it. And it's like, how can we come to a place where we ne- our batteries like never run out for fighting this good fight, for doing this good work, because we really enjoy it and it feeds us rather than feeling anxious and like, listen to the scientists the the climate is collapsing yeah. which points us towards using geoengineering to fix it at the end when we're in a panic
0: yep yep
2: <laughs> and, and we need to be like we're well, we got this like we can do this and and that that's my main like sort of question alex
1: like, i i think that like a lot of people are afraid to even think about climate change because they're, like, stuck in their lifestyle. But, like, the change doesn't have to be, like, deprivation. It can be, like, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like it's not like we're going to be miserable. Like, it could be beautiful and, like, beneficial and, and more than just the environment, you know, as, as far as, like, social justice and just living in a nice place to live, you know? It doesn't have to be, like... Oh, now I don't have a car to drive places now, and my life is so miserable.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think I think that's the key is understanding that winning, that what does it mean to win? I think winning means, in a sense, giving up. <laughs> like we have to give up on some of the bad. Uh, but think about all the doors that open when you do that. For me, certainly giving up on a driver's license opened up a whole world of possibility of living without a car and restructuring an entire life around that, right? So people who are so car dependent that they couldn't imagine that, like the, to them that means just complete suffering and hell and no time for anything, no time for fun. How do you even have fun, right? I, I have these conversations all the time when I tell people I don't have driver's license. Why well, do you have any fun? I'm like, are you kidding <laughs> my life is so full and so fun. And I don't even think about transportation. It's just it's just getting around on a bike is just part of my fun day. Like, so that's the kind of thing we need to do to radically shift. And I'm not saying like everybody needs to stop driving immediately. Like, well, there's all kinds of ways that we move forward. But that's the kind of mental shift. I think we need to go through, where we're just opening new doors to possibility by closing doors to things that just are not working for us as individuals or as a society. Uh, and certainly fossil fuels aren't working for us, so that's like a one fundamental thing we got to close the door on, right? <laughs> uh, we're, we're nearing the end of our time. My gosh, it went by quickly. Anybody want to share any last thoughts or, or encouragement to uh, check out the film The Race to Save the World that we're going to have a screening on this Thursday? Anybody got any last things to add
1: come watch it
0: (laughs) Ah, thanks alex and alice
1: yeah
2: register and then come to the discussion register and come to the discussion and we will have this conversation again with more new faces yeah we'll record it and then we'll uh look at it and then take it apart in little pieces then maybe we'll have another get together about it and we'll really think about this together because You know, we want to be productive instead of busy or like we we want to channel our energy to exactly what we want, but to do that, we have to hold in our minds what winning looks like. And so that's the question that we ask is like, how do you run the race to save the world? And where do you want to end up? And so come talk it out with us, please uh, come register at xrebelky.wordpress.com. There's a link to it. It's an eventive is the platform and we're going to split the money with the film team and Extinction Rebellion, Kentucky, and we'll probably talk on the call about what we want to do with our half of the money. So you can can vote for what you do with your half.
0: Deanna's got a vote already. Line three. (laughs) Fighting line three, right? Well, great. I'm so looking forward to the conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing the film. Uh, we're going to have a great time this Thursday, July 8th. Get your tickets now. They're only 10 bucks. Uh, and join us for the watch party at 5.15 and the panel discussion at 7. If you don't have time to join us at 5.15, that's okay. You can watch the film anytime. Uh, again, xrebelky.wordpress.com is the place to find the link. Uh, and thank you all for joining us, Alice Melendez and Alex Akers online virtually and de- Rushing, joining me in the studio. Everybody's from Extinction Rebellion, Kentucky. I honor you so much for your work, for organizing this important conversation that we're going to have this week and for taking the time to join me on the radio today. Thank you so much.
3: Yay. Thank you, Justin.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank
3: you. Thank you, Alice and Alex. Thanks.
0: All right, everybody. I'll see you guys on Thursday. And listeners, stay tuned. Coming up in just a second, your community action calendar with all kinds of ideas for how you can get engaged in sustainability this week. I'll remind you of the details about the film and panel there, too. So stay tuned, my friends.
2: These are ordinary people that haven't been arrested before. None of us had been arrested before. I did then end up saying to my husband and my daughter that I might be in jail. For a mother to go to jail, that is what it's gonna to take to make a difference.
1: I got to shut off 590,000 barrels of tar sands filled with toxic chemicals. I knew that when I cut that chain and I opened that fence, that I was crossing a threshold that I couldn't uncross. That I had made a choice to go into another part of my life, and that I wasn't gonna be able to
0: step back from that.
1: There's enormous
2: pressure on us because we cannot lose this case.
0: I have one last
4: stab at this, and I am gonna try and take it with all my might. got go go! Hey, hey!
3: There's this moment where you have to step out of this threshold of
0: your own comfort and and take a risk. They bring this beast,
3: this monster
0: into the beautiful Salish Sea and we get to fight them with kayaks. And all of a sudden, we had this thing, we had this incredible battle where we were winning
3: because we were winning the moral fight. The whole world was cheering for us.
0: Once you join the battle, you're in the battle. You know, there's no, then you're in. We are back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg on your community radio station, Forward Radio WFMPLP Louisville, broadcasting from the historic Habern Building here at 106.5 FM and maybe you're live streaming at forwardradio.org. Maybe you should take a second to go and participate in our station. You could be behind the microphones or behind the scenes as a volunteer and you could be helping us out with our the $20 a day that we need to stay on air by clicking donate today. Well, I hope you all had a really great, for of July and we're celebrating declaring independence and let's keep that spirit going all week long. Damn it, this is your week to declare your independence from fossil fuels, automobiles, landfills, toxins, pollution. Extractive capitalism, uh, corporate industrial agriculture. Declare your independence from racism, sexism, and all other forms of hatred and oppression. This is what's keeping our nation and our world down. We don't need it anymore. We can be independent from it, and you need to take some steps this week to do it. So that's the theme of our Community Action Calendar. Get your pencils sharpened to your calendars out. This is your week to take action. On Tuesday, you can declare your independence from unaffordable, unhealthy, conventionally grown food from God knows where with New Roots Fresh Stop Markets taking place Tuesday, 430 to 630 p.m. at three different locations in our historically black neighborhoods, Shelby Park, California and Berrytown. Uh, The locations from 430 to 630 on Tuesday are the Logan Street Market at 1001 Logan Street, California Park Community Center right there at 16th and St. Catherine, and in Berrytown at First Baptist Church, which is right at Berrytown Road and LaGrange Road. New Roots has successfully leveraged the power of cooperative economics to pool participants' money and SNAP benefits on an income-based sliding scale while negotiating wholesale prices with local Local organic produce farmers. New Roots is a local nonprofit connecting families to affordable fresh food through their weekly Fresh Stop markets. And throughout October, interested families can come to their neighborhood Fresh Stop markets and pick up a bag of nine varieties of seasonal produce every week. All families must pre-order and pay one week ahead of each market using automatic recurring payments of SNAP or a debit or credit card. And the time to sign up is now. New Roots has eight Kentuckiana locations this season. Park Duval, California, Old Louisville, Shelby Park. Hikes Point, Berrytown, Portland, and over in New Albany. They also have one in Hazard, Kentucky this year. Shares are valued at $40, but there are discounts for families paying with SNAP benefits or EBT cards and for those with limited resources. Everyone will get the same fresh food organically produced locally no matter what they pay. It's a great model and it's a great thing to support even if you aren't on the lower end of the economic ladder and just want to participate as a full share member. It's a great thing to support and a great way to get fresh, local, organic produce. These three fresh stops I mentioned are open every Tuesday, 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. throughout October. Again, that's on Tuesday, 4.30 to 6.30 at Logan Street Market, at California Park Community Center, and at First Baptist Church on Burytown Road and LaGrange Road. For more information and to place your order, you can either call 502-509-6770 or check them out online at New Roots Dot .org All right now on Wednesday you can declare your independence from ecological ignorance and mindless pesticide use with the Jefferson County Cooperative Extension free virtual classes Wednesdays 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and this July 7th the theme is scouting for bad insects you can learn how to identify the signs of harmful insects in your yard garden and landscape so you don't have to just fumigate everything and kill every bug you see there are beneficials as well as insects you need to watch out for, and you'll learn how to distinguish them and how to really identify problems and then handle them hopefully organically. Call if you have any questions. It's 502-569-2344. But you can find the link to register for these free Jefferson County Cooperative Extension classes Wednesdays at 10 a.m. at facebook.com slash Jefferson Co. Extension, Jefferson C.O. Extension. Now, on Wednesday, you can also, towards the afternoon, you can declare your independence from your couch and get up and do some volunteering out in the Americana Community Garden. Uh, every Wednesday, 3 to 5 p.m. at Americana World Community Center for 4801 Southside Drive. Join us for these open volunteer hours in the Americana Community Garden that helps feed our international immigrant and refugee community. It's 3 to 5 p.m. on Wednesdays throughout the summer. And if you're going to join, let the garden coordinator know that you plan to head head over there by sending a quick email to abby, A-B-B-Y at americana abby at americana And for more information to find that email address you can go to foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow get in touch with the urban agriculture coalition a proud community partner of us here at ford radio check out their calendar and you'll find all that information about the volunteer hours at americana community garden wednesdays 3 to 5 p.m now on thursday you can declare your independence from meat and restaurants and corporate chains with live cooking demos happening every month thanks to our good friends at the Organic Association of Kentucky. This Thursday, July 8th at noon online, the live cooking demo will be called Fritter Fun. Oak and the Kentucky Farm Share Coalition are offering these free virtual chef demos for Kentuckians this summer. They'll be held monthly on Zoom with Chef Tanya Whitehouse from The Food Connection at noon. And we'll feature great t- tips and recipes for using seasonal produce. So check it out. Fritter Fun is this July 8th at noon, and you can find the link to join at oak, oak-ky.org/slash consumer-events. That's oak-ky.org/slash consumer-events. And then on Thursday at 5.15, you can declare your independence as we heard during our interview from Hopelessness and Apathy by joining Extinction Rebellion Kentucky presenting the screening of the film The Race to Save the World. It'll be a watch party at 5.15, but you can Register right now uh, and watch anytime you want to this week, and I think uh, through August 20th you can watch it, actually. Uh, But you want to watch it in advance so you can get the most out of the 7 p.m. panel that I will be participating in, along with the filmmakers and a bunch of other really great folks that I'm honored to participate in this panel with. It's all about fighting apathy and hopelessness and fighting this long marathon battle against global climate change and the fossil fuel industry. You can find the link to register at facebook.com slash xrebelky. Again, The Race to Save the World is a climate documentary with a uniquely optimistic approach. It follows passionate activists whose single-minded focus is the creation of a sustainable world for all. These climate warriors from ages 15 to 72 are in the trenches fighting for a livable future, regardless of the personal cost. Emmy Award-winning filmmaker Joe Gantz brings this urgent and intimate portrait of the protests, arrests, courtroom drama, and family turmoil that these activists endure as they push for change. The Race to Save the World is an energizing call to action that inspires viewers to quit waiting on the sidelines and start making their voices heard. Extinction Rebellion Kentucky acts with peace and ferocious love in our hearts for these lands and for life. We hope you will watch watch with us at 5.15 on July 8th for the Virtual Watch Party, but you're welcome to watch anytime after you purchase. It only costs $10 a ticket, and and it's all to benefit uh, both the filmmakers and Extinction Rebellion Kentucky. Then join us for the live panel event immediately following at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, and again, go to facebook.com/xrebelky to register. And then coming up on Saturday, you can declare your independence from the mainstream white canon with a black paperback book fair Saturday, July 10th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. over at Iroquois Park. Celebrate and support local black authors. Purchase literary art directly from the writer. Enjoy local food trucks and much more coming up on Saturday the 10th from 10 to 3 at Iroquois Park right here in Louisville. There'll be over 25 authors as well as food trucks and much more at the Black Paperback Book Fair in Iroquois Park on Saturday. Don't miss it. And lastly, also on Saturday and proceeding through July 25th, you can declare your independence from fossil fuels and the elitist urban perspective with an online screening of the new documentary Other Side of the Hill Rural Perspectives on Climate Change. The Interfaith Power and Light Network has been offered this unique opportunity to be among the first to share the new short film Other Side of the Hill and they encourage all Kentuckians to watch and if you're a part of a faith community make a plan to share it with your congregations and members Other Side of the Hill explores the impacts of a climate changing climate in rural eastern Oregon as seen through the eyes of local leaders on the ground from innovation, innovative timber operations to large scale solar, the film amplifies the voices of rural communities that are often left unheard and shines a light on stories of progress and hope. In a time of unprecedented cultural divide between rural and urban communities, we find common ground in an urgency to address a changing landscape. This 30 minute film is a hopeful, inspiring look at coming together, finding common ground and new climate frameworks, and shining a light on rural voices as we We envision a path forward. The film will be available for free online viewing from July 10th through 25th, but you can register right now watch the trailer sign up for an interfaith power and light screening kit or register to watch the film at interfaithpowerandlight.org slash movie series that's all one word all spelled out interfaithpowerandlight.org slash movie series and that is all the time we have for today here on sustainability now thank you so much for tuning in and i look forward to coming back in your ears again in one week's time my friends be well
4: We flow like a river to the sea. It's the feeling when you know that you know it.